Hi, I'm Ellen. And I'm Alex. And this is our podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. This week, we are talking about A Court of Frost and Starlight by Sarah J. Mass, the novella in her ACOTAR series. And 3.5, if you will. <laughs> yes, indeed, 3.5, three and a half, who knows, 3.75, <laughs> maybe? Um, so, like our previous episodes, about this series we have read this book before Mm -hmm. so it's probably going to sound a little different than um a lot of our typical episodes and so sorry if you don't like how we talk (laughs) about books that we've read already but too bad (laughs) um but per usual this is our spoiler alert that we will be talking in depth about this book Mm -hmm. um so there will be spoilers for this as well as the three previous books in this series that we will be focusing on the novella right um as we are gearing up to read her newest book in a couple of weeks yes very exciting less than a week i think we have well we'll be reading we'll be reading it in less than a week in the posting schedule, we'll be posting it in, like, two weeks from this posting day. Thank goodness we have less than a week. We've been oh my gosh. going crazy it's been, it's been trying awful. to stop ourselves from reading so that we don't, like, spoil anything for anyone when we're doing these other episodes. It's I know. Been and torturous. I have, I have the book sitting on my shelf, staring at me and just torturing me. But It is torture. It is. But it's fine. We're almost there. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Or I can see that's, it. I don't know if you can see it. That's very true. Oh my gosh, Alex. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So first off, I just want to start before we go into our favorites Yeah. by saying that Ellen knows this. I've probably mentioned this already multiple times in this podcast, but my memory is really terrible. <laughs> I think made like 100% or 100 times worse by Lyme. But, like, even before that, it was pretty Lyme bad. disease, in case, just to, because it sounded a little bit like you said lying, and so I just. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying yeah, to everyone no who Lyme didn't disease. know what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, That's what yeah, I'm here for. Yeah, so, because of said memory, I literally forgot the majority of what happened in this novella, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I've read it, like, at least two to three times. Okay. And This is only my so second many... time reading it. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but you waited a long time to read it, yep. too. Like, you, I read it right away when it came out, and you, I dragged you it did on. your whole thing of, like, trying to hold off as yep. long as possible. For sure did. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff that I forgot and, like, exclaimed <laughs> over in my notes because Cute. it was, like, as if it was happening for the first time again. So I guess I that's, it. like, a positive thing about my memory being so terrible is I basically get to, like, kind of read a book again. Are you feeling a little bit like Dory? Little- <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I'm actually Dory. That's really scary. Don't... No, Dory's, like, the best part of those movies. Like, it, it's fine. Oh, okay. Ellen. Yes. Let's dive into our favorites okay. here. Okay. Who was your favorite character? So it should probably come as no surprise to anybody that this is really difficult for me. (laughs) And that really, I would just want to say the whole Court of Dreams, um, because that seems to be sort of a theme uh, with Ellen. Um, 
But of course, again, I, and it's especially hard in this book because um, Sarah starts writing in multiple points of view, right? Yes. So we get more snippets of, now it's interesting, I picked up this time that I didn't pick it up the first time I read it, that only Feyre and Reese's points of view are written in first person and everybody else's points of view are written in third person which i thought were interesting really? mm-hmm. i did not pick up on that um but oh, so i guess i'll have to reread it again darn <laughs> um i know shucks um but i think i think i have to go with my homegirl Feyre. like she's just i just love her so much she's mm-hmm. i don't know i just love her for all the reasons that i've loved her before you know and still love her and mm-hmm. um I just love her relationship with the other characters. I love her. I love her. I identify with her a lot, too. You know, so that really helps, of course. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm also a super powerful fey person. Duh. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I associate you with that. Yeah. For sure. Totally. <laughs> Same page. Perfect. Um, how about you? Who was your favorite character? So I realized throughout this entire series, like, while I've probably wavered, I've always had, like, three favorite characters throughout. Okay. Like, Reese, Feyre, Cassian. Okay. Not Tamlin? Huh. (laughs) Is he anybody's favorite? maybe you could... No, there's no argument for that. Sorry. Um. Actually, funny enough, I'll tell after you tell yours. I'll tell that I did hear one interesting argument about why Tamlin was their favorite, and I'll tell you that when you're done talking. All ears, but um, I think part of the reasons why I love those three characters so much is like their interactions and especially like Reese and Feyre's relationship and how they are together. It's ridiculous, but. Think because you finally see more of like Cassian's point of view mm-hmm. in this book, it just like gives me that little like nudge over the edge. Okay. Though technically you could say that with Reese too, though we did see a couple of things. Like there were like maybe a chapter or two of him mm-hmm. in the previous books right, before right. this book really flip flopped right. between the characters. Um but so is that you saying Cassian? I think I think okay. Cassian. <laughs> <laughs> I was not quite sure where you were going with that. I, I wasn't was... really sure where I thought I was sure where I was going, and then and then you know, kind of that's okay. You know, just fell apart from there, and now we're here. How many times have I been like, it, maybe it's this, and but maybe it's this. You know, it's fine. We make <laughs> up the rules. This is our podcast. <laughs> that's true. We can do whatever we want. We're grown. Are we? I mean. <laughs> I guess technically. <laughs> um, yeah, but emotionally and <laughs> intelligently, and I, th- I think that might be more questionable. I mean, <laughs> I still laugh at poop jokes. I, I wish I didn't sometimes, but sometimes, sometimes they're really funny. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's hear this whole Tamlin argument. So right, so of course, Tamlin's not anybody's favorite character, but this. Um, person i saw on tiktok and i feel awful i don't remember his handle anything like that um but he is in like the book talk part of tiktok um and 
he read the series and it was really fun for me to sort of like watch him read the series because I love watching people reacting to things that I've already reacted to. It's a weird like thing of my, I, I just love it. I do. I do. Um, and he read the series. He loved it. And he was answering the question of who his favorite character was. And he was like, and it's Tamlin. And he's like, not because I like agree with his motives or what he did or anything like that. And he's like, but he's like, mostly he's my favorite because of how Sarah wrote him. Because for the fact for it to make sense for him to go from the romantic hero that we see him as in the first book to the anti-hero, maybe not villain, but like anti-hero at the very least in the second and third books um, and have it make sense is just astounding, right? Like, and and nobody questions it. And he's like, so that's why Tamlin is his favorite. Not so much because of any of his actions or anything like that, but because of how okay. he was written. And I was like, okay, that's the probably the only reason I would <laughs> allow some, because I have that power to allow people to have favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was an interesting point of view to sort of look at. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I... I guess I don't really associate favorite characters that way, but like, I totally see that point of view. Right. I I don't either, then. but it's, but I also thought it was interesting that that's how he thinks of favorite characters mm-hmm. or at least in, yeah. in this book he did. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so let's move on to favorite part. Okay. So this should be no surprise to you. Cause I think I told you this when I read the, this book the first time, <sighs> but my favorite part is Cassian and Feyre drunk decorating the house. <laughs> Yes. And Asriel trying to fix it. Coming in. Yeah, and then, then Reese being like, then, I know exactly who did what yeah. here. Like, and you're all fools. Yeah, she's like, I know I know exactly which one these two drunks tried to do, which ones you tried to fix. And guess what, guys? It all still sucks. And then, <laughs> and then um, more coming in and, like, immediately being like, who let Feyre and Cassian decorate? Yes. <laughs> And then, like, immediately after that, Amran comes in in this, like, big white puffy coat. And I can't remember who says it to her. I think it's Cassian, but he says she looks like an angry snowball. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Cassian. <laughs> but it's just, like, just that whole part is just, ugh. And I just, I just smile and it just makes me warm and fuzzy on the inside. And I just love that, whole, like, <sighs> Yeah, the amount perfection. of humor and just, like, I don't think this is a word, but, like, lovability of their, like, family unit yeah. is... It's just perfection. So great. Yeah. yeah I love it so much. Um, um, how about you? So my favorite part is a kind of similar moment. Okay. Um, first of all, I forgot both of these scenes. Okay. I totally forgot about the drunk decorating. What? And then, like, as soon as, as soon as you... Because I think the scene starts with... Like, Feyre comes into the townhouse, and she's like, what the fuck is all this? Because Cassian has just, like, strewn, mm-hmm. like, all over the floor this, like, t- like huge lump of just, like, pine bows and stuff. And he says to her, and then he says to her, don't you know Illyrians decorate their house with just a pile of tree branches? <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as that, like, the scene entered, I was like, Yes, oh, I actually, forgot and, about yes. this. And part of my favorite scene is is that part of it, too, of course, like the beginning of it. But then the part where he starts, like, like he takes off his jacket and she's, like, he's not in any sort of fighting clothes, like, for the first time. And she's like, whoa, I've never seen you in, like, normal people clothes. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then 
she gets mad at him because he starts decorating right away. And she's like, I'm sorry, do you not, like, say hi to me anymore? And he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, just that part of it, too, is part of my favorite. Sorry, continue. Yeah, so my favorite I completely forgot about. So it was really great to reread this when you get, like, hints of the boys have some type of, like, solstice day tradition. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea what it is. And they Mm -hmm. just, like, steal Reese away from Mm -hmm. Feyre. And she's like, do I want to know? And they're like, no, you really don't. Right. So then you're like, oh, my God, is there, like, are they going drinking? Are they going to, like, like, beat each other up? something bad, Yeah, like, are they all going to go, like, just beat each other to pulps? Yeah. And then more brings her to them after uh-huh. like it's been hours and they just mourn pharaoh winnow outside of their cabin mm-hmm. to find these like strategically placed snow forts mm-hmm. and it takes pharaoh a minute to figure out what she's looking at and <laughs> the three of them have done this for over 500 years since they were boys. Right. They have this intense, like, snowball mm-hmm. fight mm-hmm. for hours mm-hmm. with rules of, like, no magic, no wings. Oh, what's the other rule? I don't remember. But I just, like, the fact that they were just staring and the howling and, like, yelling back and forth whenever yeah. someone was hit. And then <laughs> as soon as, like, it registered what was happening, then Feyre and Moro both, like, Oh my gosh. They're all idiots. Right? Let's go inside and like snuggle up on the couch with like a drink. Wine, right? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, it's just perfection. I love it. Yeah, I think if I had remembered that that was their solstice day tradition, maybe it wouldn't have been my favorite scene, but because I totally forgot and like <laughs> had no idea what was happening, it just made my heart so happy. <laughs> no magic, no wings, no breaks. They don't, they ah, don't yes. get to stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which I think is also really funny that they just, they're not even allowed to stop. Right. Oh. Yeah. No bathroom breaks allowed. Yeah. And I also no love that. water even, breaks. I love that Feyre, even Feyre's like, these are like the three like deadliest fighters in history. And this is what they're, <laughs> this is what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Like seriously. My absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, hands down. Yeah. Favorite. So um, Yes. So, how many favorite quotes did you have this time Only around? four. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like, only two. You should know by now. Um, it's okay. I only have one. So. Great. Kind of like. Okay. So, so I'm just going to. So, these are a little bit different too. Like, some of these are just things that I just like made me smile and made my heart so warm and fuzzy versus like my normal like bigger picture but I have don't worry I've got some bigger picture ones too okay cool <laughs> okay so lay my, it on us <laughs> so my first one is in um I think it's in Cassian's second uh chapter and he um goes into the store um mm-hmm. and he has met Emery and he is noticing the similarities between Emery and Nesta and so he, this is, here it is. Emery had drifted a few feet away, her back straight, chin upraised. He'd seen Nesta in that particular pose, too. He called it her, <laughs> he called it her, I will slay my enemies pose. 
Cassian had named about two dozen poses for Nesta at this point, ranging from I will eat your eyes for breakfast to I don't want Cassian to know I'm reading smut. The latter was his particular favorite. And I just, it's so cute. Like, I certainly waver back and forth about how I feel about Cassian and Nesta. And not so much in any book so much as this one. Like, this is the Mm -hmm. one that really, like, leading up to it, like, the first time I read it, I was a little unsure. But in every reread, I've gotten more, like, I've liked their pairing more and more until I get to this book. And of mm-hmm. course, this is the only, only the second time I'm reading it. But like, but even even in this book, I'm a little bit, I'm still on the fence. Like I'm like, oh, I'm wavering a little bit more, but I'm still kind of excited to see what might happen in the future, right? But I just love that he, because we know what we know about him, right, is that he spends so much time watching the people around him and all of that stuff. And I just love that he has named at least a dozen or two dozen poses of hers. And I love that one of them is that she's reading like a smutty book and she doesn't want him to know, but of course he knows about it. I just, I love it. That was, that was one of my absolute favorites. Again, completely forgot about it. So reading it (laughs) was fantastic. Perfect. Like, I loved it so much. So I'm glad that's one of your favorite quotes. Um, So my next one comes after Amryn is picking on Elaine about wanting to become human again. Or, like, maybe she's, like... Because Elaine's asking her all these questions, like, oh, could you have changed into a male if you wanted to? And Amryn sort of pieces together that maybe Elaine's trying to figure out if she can become human again. And um, so they sort of go through it. Elaine is super uncomfortable. And Cassian looks at Amrin and goes, pick on someone your own size, Cassian said to Amrin, shoveling roast chicken into his mouth. I'd feel bad for the mice, Asriel muttered. And that, I just, just, it's those sneaky moments with Asriel too, that where he comes in and he's so funny and he's so, like, I know you maybe don't feel the same way about Asriel that I do, but like, I don't know. There's just like something about him, and I love dry. Like I'm a I'm a huge fan of some like super dry humor, and so like the fact that he's dark and mysterious and has like a dry sense of humor, I'm super intrigued by him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I just love that it's not only Cassian being hilarious as he's also shoveling food into his face, but then also like Azriel joining in because that's the other part of it too is that like I much like Feyre, just want everybody to be together and happy. And so like when the moments where Azri- even Azriel is feeling good and part of the group, I'm like, yay. <laughs> I, just, I just want everybody to be happy. <laughs> yeah, I find that those moments with Azriel because it's so unexpected, even though you now know that he has a sense of humor, mm-hmm. I find that I almost like read over it accidentally. Then... Do and then you're like, oh, tape, wait. <laughs> and then have to reread it and then, like, start laughing out loud because it's so hilarious. Right. Yeah. But, like, it's just so subtle that you didn't even realize what was happening until right. it had already happened. As it can be with with um, those dry senses of humor. Okay, so those are just the two ones that, like, I just could not leave out of my favorite quotes. They were just too funny. So these two yeah. are my, my more... My more usual ones. Okay, yeah. I'm glad you brought those up, though, because at least one of them was one of my notes. Perfect. Perfect. So my next one comes after Feyre has gone down to the rainbow. She's been invited to be part of this painting class. She's not sure if she's going to go. 
and she's talking to Reese about it. And they're sort of like snuggling and like talking about it. And, um, and I think, I think she's technically like standing up and he's like hugging her while he's sitting down. And so she's like stroking his face while she's talking to him about it. And, um, it, the quote is, he remained quiet. I do know how to read everyone, I promise. (laughs) He remained quiet, offering me that companionship that demanded nothing, asked nothing as I kept stroking his face. And I just, like kind of what you were talking about, like just the relationship between them is so ridiculously perfect and super unrealistic. (laughs) Um, If I keep telling myself that, then I'll hopefully remember that someday. Um... But it's just, it's just so beautiful, right? Like, he's just there to be there for her, you know? And I just, oh, I just love it so much. Um, And then my last one is just the um, sort of blessing that Reese gives at the beginning of their solstice dinner. Um, And he just says, to the blessed darkness from which we are born and to which we return. And I just thought it was beautiful and poetic and... As someone who's not really sure what I think about what happens at the end of our lives, it's a nice holding spot at the very least, you know, to just sort of think about it like that. So, yeah, I do love that that quote is like short, sweet, but very meaningful and Mm -hmm. you can really... um, like, take it to a deep place if you want to. Yeah. And then basically, like, right afterwards, Feyre is like, that's it? Like, Mm -hmm. that's your toast for solstice? Like, you're you're not saying anything else? (laughs) Just, like, the humor. It's probably because he, like, he used all his words in that beautiful speech right before the war the last time, so. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, how about you, girl? Okay, so my favorite quote happens when, um... Cassian has to cool off after facing off with um, some of the Illyrians. Oh, cool, cool. No, so he, like, goes and flies off. And first of Mm -hmm. all, like, I loved that when he decided that he needed to go and, like, just be alone, that he still, like, struts out of their cabin (laughs) Like, makes a show of, like, stretching and flexing his muscles and, like, splaying his wings wide before, like, taking yeah. off to just show just everyone. Just to remind like, everybody who he is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I thought that was hilarious, super strategic, amazing. And, but anyways, and just, he like, does that. quintessential Cassian. Exactly. Yeah. So he goes and flies to what used to be the village where he was born yeah um though they decimated it and um i remembered the treatment of his mother but i forgot that that was the reason why he's so passionate about changing the ways yeah that the female illyrians are treated and yeah. that they get trained um and so this quote is him describing like that that need Mm -hmm. so training these women giving them the resources and confidence to fight back to look beyond their campfires it was for her 
for the mother buried here, perhaps buried nowhere, so it might never happen again. So his people, whom he still loved despite their faults, might one day become something more, Mm -hmm. something better. Yeah. And I was really struggling, and I think I noted this a couple times um, while I was reading, that I really struggled to understand how he could still love his people and like it's very blatantly obvious that he does Mm -hmm. and i think this quote really like i now i get it okay like the why how he can still love them after he was treated so terribly by them how after asriel and reese were treated so terribly how they killed his mother through terrible treatment um and yet he still loves them yeah you know despite their faults and that because he loves them he wants more for them as a people um yeah it's yeah it's interesting it's um because he he very much embodies the um like it's 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 like the not in all uh, really you know but like there are certainly instances where um and it's like a broader sense of the word, but it's an abusive relationship, right? Like <laughs> the Illyrians are mm-hmm. the abusers. Reese, Cassian, and Azriel are the abused. Cassian's mother. There, it's not just those three, but like there's definitely right. a power dynamic there. And um, but it's like certainly in some cases, even the people who are being abused by whoever they're being abused by, sometimes, oftentimes, I don't know the statistics. But still love the person, right? Like, there's still yeah. love for them there, you know, and... That's very true. I didn't look at it that way. And the flip side of it is, of course, like... There's... There's... Something really... Seductive about wanting to be part of something, right? Mm-hmm. And especially for somebody like Cassian, right, who... S- was ripped away from his mother from really young and never had a family as a young Illyrian. I was going to say, like, I was going to say young man, young boy, young fae, whatever. Like, you know, he, he just wants that place to fit in. And certainly he has the court of dreams, right? And he certainly fits in there, but on a grander scale, you know, he just Mm -hmm. wants to be accepted by his people, you know? So that's very true. I love that. It's beautiful. Me too. Okay, you ready to dig in? Yes. Okay. Can can I talk about something first or did you like really need to talk about I have a I have a really burning thing, but you can go first. Why don't you go first then? Okay. (laughs) I I have to to ask you a question. This is literally my first note was on page one. I don't think I've ever had a note on page one ever before. Right? So On page one, Feyre's, like, walking around or she's in her house. Oh, she's in the house. Whatever. She's in her house. She wakes up. She starts thinking about her life. (laughs) I'm laughing. If everyone could see Ellen now, she literally just, like, acted out what thinking about your life would look like. Like if I was doing charades? Yes. So she starts thinking about her life. And... All of a sudden, she says something that made me, like, gasp, right? Or think something. I 
I can't stop doing this hand gesture, apparently. Um, so she's thinking about how it's snowing and how she's really excited about the snow. And then she goes, but it had been a long, um, sorry, once I had dreaded for that first snow, had lived in terror of long, brutal winters. But it had been a long, brutal winter that had brought me so deep into the woods that day, nearly two years ago. That means the three other books that we just read took place over two years like not even two years and so now all of a sudden I'm like rethinking everything and like the number of times that she says like for months I was here and for months I was here so either maybe the time frame wasn't so carefully plotted through which is fine totally fine or their years are not 12 months which is also plausible but then I'm like or (laughs) like months in my head thinking like seven eight nine really meant like two you know because technically two would also constitute Mm -hmm. plural right but I was like like I think I kind of knew that it was not a huge stretch of time that all of this happened but like that I was like what (laughs) so like in these two years she went from starving and human to falling in love with Faye Highlord dying becoming Faye Falling out of love with that first Faye High Lord, falling in love with the second Faye High Lord, going back, taking down the whole spring court, going to war, coming back from war. Like, I was like, oh my God, I thought our past year in the real world was bad. <laughs> yeah, she, COVID doesn't have anything. She on. went through so much more. <laughs> oh my God. Like, oh. that is very true. I think. One of the reasons why it's very hard to, I guess, grasp that timeline is how close the relationships are that Farah has with yeah. the Court of Dreams and Farah and Reese's relationship. Mm-hmm. And although, I guess, on the flip side, you could say that that's just speaks to how easily she fits, like how kindred of spirits they are. Yeah, and I mean, there is something to be said for, like, sometimes those special relationships are the ones that, you know, happen fast and deep kind of thing. Um, But yeah, that's a very good point that I I definitely just glossed over. (laughs) Yeah, so I was like, it's totally fine, like, whatever, like, and, and theoretically, yes, all of that could happen in two years, but dang, what a... (laughs) Because, like, so you think back to it, right? So, like, so she went into the woods around her birthday, maybe a little bit after her birthday, right? So she's 19, so maybe a little bit after her birthday. And then she's in the spring court as a human through Kalanmai, which is, I think, technically, like, the fae equivalent of Beltane, which is the end of April in okay. in regular us world um and then to the summer solstice which in regular us world is the 21st 20th 22nd somewhere in there of june okay and then there's still some time from the solstice to when she gets sent home right and then Uh she's in the spring court and then she gets married around her birthday of or, or almost gets married around her birthday so that's just one year, right? And then yeah, so this must have been a really short war. 
Well, because also, too, there were, like, weeks and weeks where they were waiting for, like, the Queen's responses. Right. Um, right. So I was, like, trying to work this out. And I was like, yeah. so that's one year. And then there's two and a two months and some change between when she f- completely goes to live in the in the night court, right? Because she goes mm. to visit for two of her full scheduled weeks. And then... But then, like, maybe it's only days later that he locks her in the house after her second trip, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's not too much time. So that that's fine. But that's two months and a little bit, right? And then... So like, you have ten months for everything else to occur, including a couple of months, because it seems like right, this book some, some happens months, with, like, some months after right, the because war. Right, because they keep talking about how, for the... They don't say how many months, but it's like, but it's been a few months that Reese has gone to the other courts to visit people and she's gone with him sometimes. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. So let's say that it's probably like six to eight months between when she starts living at the night court and when and the war is the done novella, and when the novella starts, which oh, includes, sure. yeah. So you have, <laughs> um, them like starting to train her starting to like try to figure out mm-hmm. what was going on with highburn all of that shit mm-hmm. with the queens uh valeris gets attacked mm-hmm. um then they go to highburn mm-hmm. and the sisters get turned then she spends multiple months in she's the there spring at least court. two months in the spring yeah. court i think or like a month and a half at least. Like, yeah, and then she goes back and they're prepping multiple weeks before they meet with all the High Lords. Right. And then there are like three main battles. And yeah, this, there, I have like, I'm trying to count all of this on my fingers and I'm running out of fingers. And no, I like, don't even know how many months we said we had for all of that. But so, but so the thing is, so that's what led me to think maybe, maybe she didn't intend for this to be the case, but let's pretend maybe for them a year is not 12 months like (laughs) or their months are a little bit longer than ours but like right i I, literally page one and then i had to stop reading because i did basically what we just did and i was like damn that was a very traumatic or like two years time the timing of the war was a lot shorter i think honestly that's got to be the like a like a week or two right like yeah Uh uh-huh or I'm thinking it's like months between each battle. It is. You're right. It's probably a couple days or a week or two. Or yeah, because they're exhausted trying to get move their forces yeah, around. Exactly. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was like, this is a lot shorter than I like. So that was my first thing that I was just like, what? So, what was your first thing that you wanted to talk okay, about? Okay, so my first thing was I started taking a couple of notes at the end of the last book because, like I've already mentioned, I couldn't remember what was happening in this book. And so I wanted to make notes about those questions to see if things resolved. Sure, because sure, I sure. couldn't remember if they had. So, the first one was, like, did they ever hunt down Briaxis? And... The answer is no. Y- you learn that <laughs> they remember that it's a thing they have to do. Yeah. They've thought about it, but they've had too many other things to juggle. Plus, he's, it's not like he's out there, like, they're not hearing about mass murders anywhere. Like, he's right. clearly just chilling somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then I wondered, and I don't know if you had this thought, if... um. 
he was what Moore and her horse sensed on her estate. That, like, darkness that... Mm -hmm. Maybe. That's interesting, because I did not think that. What I thought, which I think is really funny if they didn't think to check here, because in the third book, right, when she goes down and asks Briaxis if he would fight for her, and he says if the time came, right? And he says, yes. And she's like, what do you want in return? And he's like, I just want a window. This is my home. I just want to live here. So my thought was, they're looking all over the place for him. And he's, and he's, he's just, home. He's back home. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's, I'm sure they checked the library, but like in my head, I like to think that they were like, no, he's gone. And he's just like, I wonder when someone's going to come hang out with me. Like, <laughs> like stupid. Faye forgot to install my window. I'm yeah. waiting. I, yeah, right. I just want my window, please. Um, but I like, I mean, yours seems a lot more accurate. Mine, I just think is cuter. (laughs) I don't know. But if it's not Briaxis, then I wonder what it is. Because I feel like she wouldn't just write that for no reason. Yeah, for sure. One thing we've learned about Miss Mass here is that she just, I feel like she does not put anything down on paper that is not super important. Oh, yeah. Okay, so my next thought that I couldn't remember was, did they have any more negotiations after the first one? Because to me, I didn't remember reading about it. And after reading this novella, now I know why I didn't remember it, because it's not something that is actually described in the book. It's something that you know that they've been Has doing. Happened. Yeah, right. Yes, going and on. are continually doing, mm-hmm. um, but it's not actually described in the book. So right. we do know that that is still occurring. Um, and then the final thing, and it wasn't from this last book. I think it was from the second book. Okay. That still hasn't happened, and I just don't know what to think think about it is um Amron warned that when the two halves of the book were put together like you you shouldn't do that because Mm -hmm. then beings like outside of this world were going to be alerted and drawn to the book Mm -hmm. that hasn't happened I wonder if that's null and void though now because the book is was nullified you know hmm I don't know. Neutralized. That's what. It, that's really what uh, I was trying to say. Yeah, that that that's been sitting but with me. Who know, oh, Who knows? We've got one whole book that's out that we haven't read yet, with more coming down the pipeline. So, yeah, it's a good thing to keep keeping that noggin of yours. Did you have anything else? Uh, those were my, I believe, the notes that I. <laughs> Oh my god, I need glasses. I do have glasses, but I'm not wearing them. Um... <laughs> that was so cute. I need glasses. <laughs> I mean, I have them, but I'm not wearing them. Uh... Okay, yep. so if that's all that you have, I just have some, like, a cute note is my next one. Okay. Um, Which is um, Reese is talking to Cassian and... Um, it's actually these, my, my next two notes kind of go hand in hand. So he's talking to Cassian and he, uh, they're talking about giving presents and Cassian's like, am I supposed to be getting presents for this? Like, sis, like they're like, is right. there a sister present? Like what's going on? Right. And, and then Reese starts remembering 
Wait. Does Reese talk to Azriel about the sister presence? It's Azriel. It's not Cassian. Yes. Okay. So then they're still. He and Cassian are talking about presents. I don't know what they're talking about anymore, apparently. But Reese starts remembering the first solstice that he had with Cassian and Azriel. And he remembers his mom giving Cassian the first present he's ever gotten. And Cassian starting to cry, and his mom starting to cry. And guess who else was crying? You guessed it, Ellen. Um, <laughs> just like, oh, like. In case anyone was to... wondering, I guessed correctly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Hopefully everybody listening also was able to piece it together. It was me. Um, But I just... Because I have to imagine that at this point, right? Because they talk about there were a couple years after they were first thrown together that they weren't really friends. And so, like, so let's assume that... So they're, I think they get, like, thrown together at about eight, right? Like, that's at least what I've been picturing. Maybe they mention it. Maybe it's just what I put together. Mm-hmm. Um, with what... That's about how old they are when they start training Illyrians. So, like, yes. maybe that's why I did that. But anyways, so I picture that they're at least eight... I was picturing somewhere closer to like 10. So he has spent the first 10 years of his life not getting any sort of any gift. Like not birthday, not... And I just was like, oh, sweet baby Cassian. Um, also... Then, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, finish up your thought and then I'll add on to it. No, mine was going to my next point. So if yours is still oh, about the presents. Oh, okay. So first of all... Baby Cassian was probably the cutest thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> With totally unbiased opinion. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Second of all, like, how did he end up, like, how did he, how did Asriel end up such good people when you see so many examples of people who end up, like, terrible or extremely mentally unstable or like full-on crazy from Mm -hmm. having like very neglected and abusive childhood i think it's for the same reason that recent it's so weird to say recent like i know that that's how you're supposed to pronounce pronounce it but because i always just call him reese of course so i don't know why whatever anyways i think it's for the same reason that reese didn't turn out like tamlin right he didn't turn out like Tamlin because he had the Court of Dreams. And they didn't turn out like Tamlin or Eris or Baron or any of the other bad people because they had the Court of Dreams. Like, they all had each other. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that makes me so sad. I know. I know. Okay, so let's turn to something that I thought was hilarious. Because um, I've been... This goes hand in hand with my first note. Okay, you continue and then and then I'll give my So they do the they do the gift giving and then Reese starts like thinking about how he doesn't deserve Feyre, he doesn't deserve their mating bond. Cassian starts talking to him about like how jealous he is of him and how like their mating bond is like the truest sense of the mating bond. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff that they were told as children about what the mating bond really is. Reese is like, She's twenty one and I'm five hundred ish. We still don't know exactly how old, but ish, right? Right. And then, and then Cassian's like, "Don't worry, your mom was eighteen and your dad was 900. And I was like, <laughs> "I'm like, ooh, that's a big age difference." And then Reese is like, "But that proves my point." And then Cassian's like, "You're right, you're right. You're not like your dad. This is not a relationship like your parents, right?" Because Reese knows that even though they were mates, they were not maybe meant to be together. Um, and then. Reese starts kind of breaking down and Cassian comes and even in the book she says he embraced him and like it's a hug right but like I 
if I hadn't already been crying because of the whole Cassian thing, I cried, I started crying even more at the beautiful example of non-toxic masculinity that this is, like, and the beaut, and I love this whole book and this whole series, really, and these three men, males, whatever, because it shows how important the stereotypic female friendship is, even for men, right? Like, men need that emotional support, and they need... And we don't allow that in our, our society. And it's just as important to them as it is for us. And I just loved that, like, he doesn't hesitate. He does. He walks across the room. He grabs Reese. He hugs Reese. Let's Reese, like, cry on his shoulder, basically. And doesn't flinch. And he doesn't, like, man, man up, bro. Like, he... <laughs> and out of the three of them, he's the most bro-y, right? Like, That's and, very true. And, and even he's like, you need a hug? Let's hug. Like, you know, like, and I just thought it was just so beautiful and like such Mm -hmm. a beautiful example of that. And I just, like I said, if I hadn't already been crying, I would have started crying even harder. Yeah. Okay. So what you're saying is our societal expectations suck. We should all just go live in Valeris. Sarah J. Mass's world, but like only in Valeris because everywhere else seems to have some, some big issues. I mean, Uh, sign, sign, if you insist, fine. Okay. I'll go live there. Fine. (laughs) Twist my arm. You're you're really, yeah, exactly. You're really twisting my arm on that one. If I had a, uh, twist my arm, throw my bag over my shoulder. I'm halfway out the door already. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Tell me your funny thing. Yeah, so I've, I was looking through my notes, and I realized that we've kind of touched on multiple of them already through, like, our favorite quotes and favorite parts and mm-hmm. characters and things. Um, so that just means that my points were super relevant, obviously. Uh, don't say it sarc- sarcastically. You're correct. They are very relevant. Um, but one of the things that I noted, because I just thought I would, like, yes, there were a lot of, as we've pointed out already, very, like, hilarious and comedic moments throughout this book but reese describing his inability to keep his hands off his mate to the point where they almost like crashed into the ground because they were having sex while flying, while flying. <laughs> and like not even much. not even like it, right there's no planes like flying like he is in control of which direction they're <laughs> going yeah like new whole new level of meaning to the mile high club oh my gosh reese but like i think not only the fact that like they even attempted to do that was it so funny but just the way that he described it and was like looking back on his own actions and realizing and he was like, like oh my god this is not one of my finer moments yes exactly and like, yes. could laugh at himself about it was Fantastic. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay, Mm -hmm. so speaking of funny moments, um, there's a part where Reese and Feyre are talking about, um, like Feyre's talking about how she feels like she's not doing enough or whatever, and he's like, it's okay to take time for yourself, like, and then they're talking about where she could paint in the townhouse, right? And he's like, well, Uh you could paint in your old room, and she's like, the light's not right there. Like, the only place that has the right light is the sitting room or whatever Mm -hmm. and he's like well paint in there and she's like well I don't want the whole house to smell and I don't want like Amarin to sit behind me like critiquing me the whole time and then he says to her Amarin can be dealt with and then she says back I'm not sure we're talking about the same Amarin (laughs) oh and I just thought that was so cute 
Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, Reese, I don't, I don't know that you are talking about the same Amarin that the rest of us <laughs> know and love. Um, I did have a quick question. Okay. Maybe you can help me answer this question. So on page 74 of the hardcover book. So he's talking to Asriel. They're trying to figure out what happened to Briaxis. As is like, do you want me to hunt him down? And he's like, no, let Briaxis enjoy the solstice or whatever. And then As is like, that's generous of you. And then... So then there's this part here that I just don't... Did I miss it? Like, I don't understand. So uh, Reese is like... Um, it says, I incline, it's Reese's chapter. So he's like, I incline my head dramatically, the portrait of a regal magnan- magnanimity, and dropped into my chair before propping my feet on the desk. When do you head out for Rose Hall? And then Azriel replies, the morning after solstice. And I still, he says, I still need to do some shopping before I go. And then Reese says, I offer my brother a crooked smile. Buy her something from me, will you? And put it on my account this time. And it says, I knew as wouldn't, but he nodded all the same. What is Rose Hall and who are they buying a present for? I think it's his mom. Asriel's think, mom? Yeah. I think Rose Hall is where... I thought she was dead. Is she? I thought his dad and brothers killed her. But maybe that was just because everybody's an orphan, so I just assumed... Because I know Asriel's dad and brother... Well, dad is dead. Because I don't think his brother's... Are they dead or are they just did they just like mutilate them? I don't remember what they did to them. Um so yeah, I read over that a couple times. I couldn't remember. I feel like I had made a connection but couldn't remember what that connection was. And my assumption is that's the hall that he grew mom? up and his mom still like lives on the grounds or something. But huh. I could be very wrong she was, and she, she could be dead for sure. But I could also be so that's that was my question because I was like I don't I have no idea who the f they're talking about. So it's interesting. Maybe it's the mom. That's a good idea. Unless she's dead, then maybe not so good of an idea. Um, because like the only reason I guess maybe even not so much if they didn't say it, but like they never mention her in like the present tense. So I just assumed yeah, that she true. was dead. But like because I feel like. We'd hear a little bit more about his mom, like, like based on how much he loves her and is sorry for how she was treated by the other people. Like, it just that assumed, he would have more interactions with her, or we he, would see her yeah. more. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I was assuming, but maybe we wouldn't. Maybe he's super protective and he doesn't want to do that. Um, so then, my other thought was, if it's not something that I missed, then maybe it's like a little. We'll yeah, find out she's in the just future. Throwing more stuff at us, yeah. That- It'll be one of those, like, once you reread it, then you're in the know kind of thing. So, okay. So, at least I'm not totally alone in not exactly knowing what this was. But, like, I was like, what's this? Who's, who are they buying presents for? Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of little snippets, though, I think we're going to see Emery again. Because that's my next one. Is uh-huh. she's definitely gonna like having that much of an introduction and then not seeing her again in this book? I feel like she's definitely coming back. Oh, I agree, and I I almost hope that like she, she and Nesta up... are gonna I feel like are gonna interact somehow. I almost think that like some 
bond will form with Cassian and Emery where there might be like an almost love interest that will eventually mm. push Nesta back into Cassian's arms. Interesting. So that yeah. so that's an interesting thought. The only th- reason I thought that she and Nesta were going to have some sort of interaction because in this book Cassian has the thought like I hope they never meet each other or like oh, something. Yeah, 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 that's very true. <laughs> or something like something along those lines or like the world would like shiver if they met each other or something. Mm-hmm. And so that knowing that this new book is about Nesta and Cassian, that mm-hmm. was also sort of like um, yeah. but, yeah, but That's she's going to be fair. back, right? Like, yeah, I, and I I'm excited. Like, she's an intriguing, mm-hmm. she's intriguing. Yeah. So another point about those, like, little tidbits that yeah. you don't recognize are little tidbits. Um, first of all, finding out that Reese's mom made <gasps> yes. all of these dresses for his bride, his future bride. Right. Was beautiful. And did, did uh, anybody else have a strange bout of allergies just around that time, or was it just me? <laughs> That's uh, code for I cried. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much this time because I knew that it was coming, mm-hmm. but like the first time I read it, for sure, I was like, "Oh yeah." Oh. But um, I actually picked up on it this past reread of the last book because there oh, yeah? are, there are hints of it where more uh, like complains to Reese like you never tell us where you get like Feyre's <gasps> beautiful gowns and like there are like you, I think I two had or that same hints. inkling and I forgot mm-hmm. that I had that inkling yeah you're right yeah so there are two or three hints in there that like you don't pick up on mm-hmm. until you know what you know yeah um yep so I I was like <gasps> that's right this is coming I forgot about this beautiful <laughs> moment um yeah but so, speaking of cryworthy moments, um, can we talk about Moore's memory of how her family treated her and then sure. how... Um, yes, let's talk like, about that sad thing because then I have a funny thing that we can talk about afterwards to like, okay, help perfect. us out of it. Yeah, because yeah, like, she's just such a strong and vibrant being that... Like, you see her interaction with her father and heiress, and... The memory it brings up. Yeah, and the memory that it brings up. And not only is, like, the memory atrocious, and you're just, like, completely taken aback Mm -hmm. and gutted by it, but... Like, I don't even know that you needed to have that flashback during the interaction to just see... Mm-hmm. Like how traumatized, yeah, she is, yeah, which and it just breaks my heart because even after that, she says to like Feyre or she thinks to herself, I can't remember what, but she's like, I'm like five hundred years old, like this shouldn't bother me anymore, and I think that's you know, I feel like I say this so often when we're talking about these books. I think it's the beauty of Sarah's writing, and is that trauma doesn't have a timeline, like it mm-hmm. pops up whenever the hell it wants to and it doesn't matter how long it's been and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how far you think you've come unfortunately trauma's like surprise motherfucker i'm right here <laughs> like yep you know like it's that just is too it's true unfortunately it doesn't have a time frame and i think that that's just a 
so it's even more heartbreaking that she's like, I should be over this. And it's like, and because like, you know, I don't know about other people, but I certainly have moments like that. Like to clarify, my trauma is not anywhere near as traumatic as her trauma, but everybody has trauma. Right. And I certainly find myself at moments when I'm maybe having some reoccurrences where I'm like, why am I still like, why is this still bothering me? Why does this still get to me? Like it's been X amount of time and Mm -hmm. it's a good reminder that literally you could have all the time in the world and it's not necessarily enough. Yeah, that's very true and makes me want to take a step even slightly back from that and say that your observations about trauma are very accurate and they're very well portrayed in this book and through many of the characters, but especially more. Yes, because as we've also talked about, Sarah's just like, tragic, tragic, tragic. (laughs) But one of the things It's like she had a quota to hit for these books. (laughs) Right. At least 30 characters must be traumatized. (laughs) Can I... Meet that mark, yes, and I'll probably exceed it. And and go above it, exactly. Yeah. Um, but when you were just talking about this, it made me think even, too, not just about how we question, like, reoccurring trauma, but any kind of feeling that we're having, I often find myself um, kind of brushing it aside and therefore... Not, like, validating that I'm allowed to have feelings and that, like, feelings aren't something I can control and it just, like, happens. And instead of just allowing myself and accepting myself to feel whatever it is I'm feeling, Mm -hmm. whether or not it's makes sense or is rational, oftentimes it's not rational because of your emotions, Um, that, you know, like... Just because I'm not in a war-torn country, like, starving every day doesn't mean that I can't have issues and be upset and, you know, things like that. Um, Right. And, I mean, I used to go to that extreme when I was a kid often. Like, how dare I, like, feel down when, Mm -hmm. look at my beautiful life. Um, Now maybe it's not so extreme, but it's still, like, very easily, like... I shouldn't be feeling this. Yeah. Because, I think like, I don't beauty. deserve to feel it, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. absolutely. I think that's the beauty of more too, is that she also embodies the other side of it, that you can have a beautiful, fulfilling, or mostly fulfilling, because she's got some other things that she can't quite let herself do quite yet. But you can have a beautiful, happy, vibrant life. And still be traumatized, you know, like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not the end of everything, you know, like you, you were all stronger than that, you know, like, I just love more so much. It's just so amazing. Um, you know, and it's just a, a nice reminder, you know, that mm-hmm. we're stronger than that. That's very true. So now that we've gone all deep and emotional (laughs) right you want to talk about your next comment (laughs) your next note (laughs) okay so my next note i have a couple different things in sort of the 
same time period. So my first one just says 105 banter. So, you know, I was being not helpful to my future self again. Um, I'm going to go with it's probably Cassian because <laughs> there's banter plenty in this book, but he seems to mm-hmm. have quite a bit of it. So let's see. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. So they're at dinner, right? Mm-hmm. It's the dinner be- right before Solstice, like the Solstice Eve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And Elaine has made dinner. Fair is helping her bring stuff out. Um, Asriel takes... It's, wait, it's before Azrael takes the potatoes from Elaine. But Feyre is standing there holding the chicken. <laughs> and um, Cassian says, are you just going to hold that chicken all night? Cassian asked me from the table. Scowling, I stomped toward him, plunking the platter on the wooden surface. I spat in it, I said sweetly. <laughs> Makes it all the more delicious, Cassian crooned, smiling right back. And I just was like... Like, their brother-sister bond is just so beautiful. And as an older sister to younger brothers, I was like, yep. Mm -hmm." (laughs) That that about hits it on the nose. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that's adorable. And then, so it goes into this, right? And then Asriel takes the potatoes from Elaine so she doesn't have to do it. She goes to freshen up. He puts the potatoes down and Cassian goes to take the potatoes. And Asriel's like, stop. And he says, wait. And then I just love that Cassian goes, wait for what? Gravy? (laughs) (laughs) And Asriel's like, no, you're going to wait for everybody to come back to the table, which is a rule at our house. So I was like, good job, Asriel. Um, But uh, I just love that Cassian just like right over his head. He's like, for what? Was there gravy? Like... I mean, it might not have gone over his head. He could Or also he's just, like, be... ignoring it. Yeah. I like the idea that he was just, like, ooh, gravy. Um, <laughs> so then it goes from there into... We find out that now that Amryn is high fa- Like, Faye. Yes. How she, she's struggling to eat she, and to... She, she, so, so she's... She... Okay, so this is what I don't understand. Are we adults? <laughs> right. But that's also why I, I love this part so much, too. This was, like, my runner-up for favorite part. Okay. Um, because, like I said earlier, I love a good poop joke, right? So, but that was my thing, though, right? So, like, she used to drink blood, right? And so that now she's talking about how being high fae, she has to go to the bathroom, right? And at first, I was like, <laughs> she has to poop now because she's eating, like, real food. And then, but then they start talking about that like, she doesn't even know how to pee. And I was like, but she was, like, drinking stuff before, but a pa- so what I assume is that, like, whatever she was, whatever that magic was, like, they don't need to expel what they eat, I guess. But what I love most about this part is that she's sort of explaining things and how difficult this is for her and how Cassie and Feyre and more especially are like, there's a part where they're like, I can't, Feyre's like, I can't even look at them. Like, the minute I look at them, this is all going to be done. And then she... <laughs> Um, <laughs> and then it's like, um, uh, and then she's like, I should have selected a male form. <laughs> At least you can whip it out and go wherever you, and then everyone loses it. Cassian loses it, and then Feyre, and then more, or sorry, Cassian, and then more, and then Feyre, and then even Asriel starts <laughs> chuckling, and I'm like, ah, uh, my people, <laughs> my poop joke, my poop joke people. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's so great. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, 
So, um, but before that, do you want to talk about Damlin? And Reese's visits to Tamlin? That just made me so sad. Yeah. So, like, like, I know we don't like him, (laughs) but... Well, that's the human part of us. There's no excuse to abuse, but at the same time, like... I think I liked him more overall through this reread than I have yeah. in the past. Well, so my the, my interesting thing is is that like I am probably a little bit more on Reese and Feyre's side of things even through this reread. Not to say that I'm not ready for like a redemption arc because it's there. The stones have been paved. I think we can maybe hope for something like that in the future. Um, I I don't know. Like I you know. Mm-hmm. This is the last of the books that are out of the series that I've read, so I don't, I have no idea. Um, but um, what, especially in the first interaction, the part that makes me the saddest is how low Reese sinks, and I don't like that for my beautiful book boyfriend. <laughs> like, be- and he even says later that he should have been the bigger person. Like, he should have. Yeah. Right, he regrets even what he did, but um, Lucian's right. Like, he did not have to go and kick Tamlin while he was down. Like, you know, and it just, I just don't like that side of my, our Reese. <laughs> like, I just don't like that. Yeah. Um, I, and I also just don't like the idea of anybody being alone. Yeah, I think too. Although he kind of brought it on himself. So it really speaks care. a little bit to our bad characters that you sent me like a drawing of Tamlin on Instagram <laughs> and you're yes. like wow I forgot how attractive he was and I saw it and I was like oh my god you're right he is attractive and somehow because he's attractive then that in my mind I was immediately like oh okay <laughs> cool like he isn't bad like it's totally fine everything's forgiven <laughs> I can stare into these beautiful green eyes. Like, it's all fine. Alex. I'm a terrible person. Again, we've talked about this before, but, like, it's not just you. Like, society has definitely, since, like, ancient Greece, has, like, really driven it home. Attracted people good, ugly people bad. Like, Mm -hmm. which is, of course, not accurate. Um, yeah, but also whoever that artist was is super <laughs> talented. Um, yeah, t- uh, T, I think it's like T dot Tessa dot five or like V, I think something, I don't know, but guys find her, her, her on Instagram here. I can actually bring it up. Let's talk about something else. I'll find it. Wow. Bossing much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I, cause I'm totally wrong. <laughs> There is also T.Tessa.V or something like that. She's also amazing. But this one was Dominique Wesson is her name. But look, she's also got some of the best Reese, Asriel, and Cassian um, fan art that I've ever seen. So y'all go check her out on Mm -hmm. Instagram. I think she's probably other places too. I think I've seen her on TikTok. But Instagram's where it's at. Go find her. Okay. So I don't know if you had anything before this, but I wanted to talk about Reese and Pharaoh's gifts to each other and just how beautiful they were and how much it says about their beautiful I have a ton before that, but that doesn't matter. We'll t- let's talk about that. We can hop back. Whatever. Okay. I don't care. I just like, 
I loved that he got her all of this stuff for her painting and then Those are her she... birthday presents. <laughs> I know, but I'm just adding it all together, clumping yeah. it all together. And then she painted him the thing that in that she saw the in the Ouroboros. Pre- yeah, but like yeah. in the previous book, she said she would never like show tell anybody. or show yeah. anyone and then she paints it for yeah. him. Yeah. And only him. And then he and buys then, her the estate and then he's like, build your dream build, house. Build our dream home and have a nursery. And she's and a, like, yeah, I'm ready for... to start trying to have yeah. a baby. Well, like, that was, she told him that before he said build a nursery. But right. Yeah. But that was her right. gift to him. I know. <laughs> it's so unrealistic. <laughs> I think that's what makes it the most bitter. Like, it's so sweet and it's so beautiful. But I think for me, a little bit, the worst part about it is that it's so unrealistic. <sighs> I mean, I maybe. What, I don't know what On you're the talking flip side, about, Ellen. Uh, I'm expecting to fall in love with my mate and any day have now? kids in under <laughs> On an year. unrelated note, Alex, I'm going on a, a bow hunting trip in the woods. <laughs> you want to come with me? <laughs> Do you have an ash arrow with you, just in case? I'll uh, I'll find one before okay, we go. Okay, perfect. Don't worry. <laughs> do you need? Do you need? Do you know any wolf calls? <laughs> not like the. I can't whistle. You know I can't what I'm whistle either. Um, not that kind of wolf calls, but like, like real wolf calls. Yeah, I have no idea. But back to the whistling for a second. I used to be able to whistle. Oh, and now I can't. Oh, good. I have never known how to whistle. I know, so. but isn't it more pathetic that like I used to know how and then somehow forgot and can't anymore? Probably. That's a little pathetic. It's okay though. We're all allowed to be a little pathetic sometimes. Um, okay. Just so. another thing that I love about Reese is that he gives a huge amount of money to charities every solstice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Um, I love that when everybody's staying at the house where the solstice, Cassian and Azriel sh- are sharing a tiny room with what I'm assuming are basically like twin beds. Yes. <laughs> like Reese is ridiculously wealthy and all he has in the spare room are like two twin beds that are too short for both of his really tall b- brothers. Uh, I know. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, they stay over at this townhouse all the time, especially if Cassian doesn't have a home in Valeris. Like, right. obviously, they spend time here all, like, all the time. Right. I just said and that of course, five but- times. But Elaine and Nesta and Feyre didn't used to live there, so right. there was enough room for all exactly. of them before that. There I used to be enough room. That, yeah. Dang women. Who <laughs> are these... Archeron come on, come on, sisters, bros before hoes. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to talk. So I want to talk about <sighs> a lot. <laughs> okay, um, I want to talk. Okay, so you get to pick. Do you? I because I can group some of my notes together. So do you want to talk about Nesta or Lucian? Ooh, yeah, I have some notes on Nesta, too. Um, Let's talk about Lucian first and then dive into Nesta. So I love me some Lucian. I'm really sad that we only got a little bit of him in this book. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think 
he was doling out some truths. You know, like he 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 was not here for very long, but he was made a very big impact, right? Yeah, it like, seems like he really was growing into himself and maturing and yeah. finally starting to do things for himself. Mm-hmm. For I'm very I'm very intrigued by the him Vasa and Jurian band of exiles. I love right. First of all, I am certain, right? So like she like they came up with that name, right? So, like, they decide, like, so I'm picturing them, like, sitting down, like, maybe after dinner, they've probably had a little bit to drink, and they're like, we need to call ourselves something. And then, like, <laughs> like, I'm, because, like, he admits that that's what they call themselves. So, like, mm-hmm. clearly, that means that there had to have been a discussion at some point about <laughs> what they were going to name themselves. But I'm very intrigued by it. And I saw somewhere... A couple months ago, somewhere that somebody was like, like a little love triangle, like a like, because clearly he's not getting what he needs from Elaine, uh, and there's gonna be like a little or like a like a little thruple action. And what I when I saw this, so what we know, we don't know in this newest book that we haven't read yet. There was a scene that was cut out of it, apparently, of a of a threesome. And so when that came out, and that came out a couple months ago, like before the book was released, everything like that, like the news broke that she had cut out this th- scene. And so a lot of people were like, I wonder if it was like a Lucian, Jurian, Vasa situation. Oh. And I was like, I don't know. More than anything, like, I just want to know who, like, I just want to know who was part of the little threesome but apparently she didn't want to publish it because she didn't want her family to read it which i'm like (laughs) can i tell you based on the other things that she has included in these books i am like what could that have possibly been like because if i was the author i wouldn't Um, want my parents to read right what i've written previously like she gets pretty explicit right like don't get me wrong i'm fine with them being in the books but like um, I just, and then of course the not knowing just makes my brain like run crazy. And I'm like, whoa, it must have been really <laughs> explicit if she was uh-huh. like, oh, I know I can't let my family ever read this. <sighs> so I yeah. don't think it's, I, I, maybe, I know part of me is like, maybe someday she'll like release it. And then I'm like, she's probably never going to release it. But if or she could at least just, just let just us. send it to her bestest friends, Alex and Ellen, over <laughs> at here. At Uniquely Portable Magic at Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> we won't tell anyone, we promise. Um, but yeah, so I find that very interesting. Um, but I love, and it breaks my heart, that he brought presents for Feyre and Elaine I know. And like, okay, so can I tell you, I'm a little bit, this could be a nice segue into Nesta, right? So, um, so with the sisters, Nesta and Elaine, you don't like them so much in the beginning. By the end of the first book, you start liking them. Second book, we like them more. Third book, I should say I. I guess I should say yeah. we. I don't want to speak for you. Second book, I start liking them more. Third book, I'm like, yes, okay, this is what I want. They're growing together as a family unit. 
right? And then this book comes. Nesta is traumatized and lashing out like a wounded animal. Like, it's left and right and being Mm -hmm. horrific. And Elaine, for the most part, is... It seems to be healing, which is great. I'm super proud of her. But, like, I get that she's traumatized. I get that but she... But her treatment of Lucian... Like, she could say hi to him. Like, saying hi to someone is not going... Like, like I know, just... her treatment, actually, of Lucian is almost worse than Nesta's, Nesta's to Cassian because Nesta's treatment is towards everyone, not just right. him. <laughs> Nesta's awful to everyone she's an equal opportunity yes um bitch i don't know like (laughs) like she's she doesn't care who it is she's gonna just be pissy and mean to everybody Mm -hmm. and like and i just i get so mad at like i i i say this fully understanding that her whole life was ripped away with from her without her consent all of that stuff i totally understand the trauma side of it i do but also, on the flip side, the part of me that loves Lucian and knows that at least that part of it is not his fault. Yeah. Right? Like, I also understand that part of it, too. Like, he was on the side that was responsible for it. I do understand that. But he has made huge steps to show that he is distancing himself mm-hmm. from that side and has learned from it and wants to become better. And she still can't even fucking say hi to him. Like... Yeah. I know. Yep. Thank you for letting me air that out. Anytime. Um, Anytime. But, speaking of Nesta. Yeah, I was going to say, so I took the time to write this out in my notes. Ooh. And... Alex does not often take time to write out full things, so I'm... Yeah, you kind of, like, (laughs) stole my thunder because basically you already just said what I... Oh, no, I'm sorry. ...painstakingly wrote out. Oh, no! Um, so I'm just gonna read it to you anyways. Perfect. Please do. It's all about Nesta. Good. Um, first book. She's a mega bitch. But at the end, maybe she's kind of human? Mm Mm-hmm. Second book. You see a bit more of her true spirit. Third book. Coming out of her shell into her own, throwing her body over the man she loves. Novella. Or tolerates. We don't don't know where she stands, but she is intrigued by him at the least. I think she loves him and just is not (laughs) is scared of it. Yeah, I think you're right. Novella. Mega bitch is even worse than she was in the first book. (laughs) You know, and it's just... um, Yeah, it just... And again, it's all the same things with Elaine. Like, I understand that she's traumatized, and I I fully understand that there's no right way to deal with trauma to a point. I'm a firm believer of, I don't care what you do, as long as you don't hurt yourself or other people. Like, I literally do not give Mm -hmm. two flying farts what you do, as long as you don't hurt yourself or other people. Or other beings, whatever. Because yeah. we can group animals in there with it, right? Like, I don't, I don't care. But, unfortunately, we live in a community. She lives in a community. And when you live in a community, you have to, you do have to consider the whole and not just yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, and she... Yeah. <sighs> Like, and it just, and, and it breaks my heart because, like, there's that whole part when they're opening presents and Feyre looks over and she sees 
Is it Feyre who looks over? Or is it Reese who looks over? One of those two, because I can't remember whose chapter it is. One of those two, I think it's Feyre. She looks over at Nesta and she realizes that Nesta's like looking in as if she's an outsider. And it just drives me crazy because it's like, you can tell that Nesta's not feeling like she's part of it. And on the flip side, it's like, it's wrong yeah, fault. but you're also not like, guess what? You can be working through your trauma in your old room. Like, you know, like you can, you you don't, yeah. you, you chose to move all the way across the city mm-hmm. to deal with your trauma, which is yeah. fine. Like you're... You wouldn't be on the outside looking in if it weren't for your own behavior and your own choices. Yeah. And on the flip side, I'm also, like, a firm believer. I lo- There's a lot I love about Nesta in the whole, um, like, she's not your, she's not your typical female character or, f- like, in a book, right? She's not overly touchy-feely. She's not bubbly. She's not, um soft right like which is amazing like it's about time that we get some female characters that aren't and I love there's no right way I love it because there's no right way to be a woman right you can be soft Mm -hmm. and bubbly you can be like a more right or you can be a Nesta and that is totally fine but then then she but then when she's hurt or injured or her emotions are too strong she takes that one step like, too far, mm-hmm. you know? And then she just, like I said, she lashes out like a wounded animal, you know? And then you're yeah. like, <sighs> yeah, back I, to square one. <laughs> I was going to say this in our last episode, but it would have kind of spoiled this book, so I didn't. But yeah. I kind of asked Ellen if we could just maybe not read the novella <laughs> and just go straight into the next book, because obviously it has to get better than where it is now, because yeah. the book is based around Cassian and Nesta. Right. And I just loved how far they got in the third book. And Mm -hmm. so then it just makes me so angry (laughs) where they end up in this book. Yeah. Um, For sure. And like, and I love that she, like, I love that she's a challenge uh, not even a challenge. I don't even like that word, but I love that she's, she is her own person, right? Like she's not going to let anybody else take that away from her, which I love. Like, that's amazing. Um, and I love that, (laughs) I love that Cassian's not afraid of her, you know, Mm -hmm. like he, like, I love that they will meet each other toe to toe. Um, and I, I just love their, like, I'm just, I'm so ready to see where this goes. Like it's, it's, but I hated when he had the gift. Alex, what was in the box? What was in the box? I know. I need to know. I I need to know what was in that box. I need to know what Varian gave Amran. Can I tell you, though? I have have this big note, and it literally just says, what was in that box? (laughs) I just want to know what he got her. That he he spent, like, months and months, like, trying to find the perfect solstice gift. This is why... I just, I love him so much, and I hate her so much right now. Uh, I, you know, she will, hopefully, the real thing is, I hope she 
And knowing what we know about how well Sarah J. Moss sort of works through healing, like, I just hope she heals in this. It's, it's mass. Shoot! No! <laughs> I was doing so well! You were. <laughs> Dang it. Um, like, I just, yes, I just that is hope true. that she She's gets. She's very good at writing about Like, I hope she just gets her chance to heal. And, and I hope she gets to heal and still be her. Like, right? Like, I hope she, I mean, certainly it's fine if she heals and she becomes more soft. But also, like, I think it would be incredible if she gets to heal and stay herself. Still, yeah, and still you have know? all the sharp edges that yeah, she has. Like, cause it's, cause it'll, it's amazing. She's an amazing, she, she, and that's, it's interesting because this is probably the, my first read through where I've really been like, she's kind of amazing in, in a lot of different ways. Like she, yeah, cause I, I remember before we read this novella you were not feeling her you were like she's not good enough for cassian like i don't <laughs> i don't stand this possible relationship at all um so i see yeah that was much closer tune. to like that was much closer to like my first couple read throughs like it has certainly helped mm-hmm. no again this is only my second read through of this book in particular but you know either way um yeah i'm just she's intriguing and i and i like that she's not your stereotypical female mm-hmm. character. Um, yes. Okay, so I have just a couple more things. Um, I want to talk about the studio. The second trip to Tamlin. Mm-hmm. And... And then I have a couple, like, fun little, like, snippets. But those okay. are my, two, like, my biggest ones. Okay. I think we've made it through all of my notes except for what I, I wanted to talk about in the um, the little sneak peek. But we're going to save that for the next episode. I so. think, yeah, I think that, I think the sneak peek of the next book will be good for our series wrap. Yeah. I agree. Which, so let's dive in. I, actually, I have one last note about that little conversation that Nesta and Cassian had when he stormed out of the house after her. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I love that he, like, his first part of it is, like, I've, like, so it's, it ends with a chapter of Feyre, like, hoping that her sister's gonna stay, and then her sister leaves. And then it jumps right into Cassian, and his, the first thing is, like, he's had enough. Like, he, enough of the coldness, the sharpness, blah, blah, blah. And, like, all of a sudden he's like, he hears roaring in his head and then all of a sudden he's like out of the house after her, right? And I like in Feyre's chapter, just the description of it, right? So she's like, she takes the check, um, turns her back, walks out the front door and then says, I remained in the chilly antechamber, hands still outstretched, the phantom dryness of that check lingering on my fingers. The floorboard thudded behind me and then I was being gently but forcibly moved to the side. Mm-hmm. It, it happened so fast I barely had time to realize that Cassian had gone storming past right out the front door to my sister. I know. And then Cassian realizes that like he just moved his high lady out of his way to get <laughs> outside and he's (laughs) yeah and he's like oops anyways so then he's and then he gets to her nesta like he catches up to her and then he realizes he has nothing to say so he's like i'll walk you home (laughs) and i just love that awkwardness but then um he um 
so he's following her. They're like, she's like, go back home. Like, he's like, no, I'm going to walk you to your house, whatever. And then, um, um, and he says to his, like, he says to her, I'm tired of playing these bullshit games. And then she goes, I'm not. And he's like, well, everybody else is. So like, maybe you can find it in yourself to try like a little bit harder to stop doing this. And then she's like, try. And he's like, I know that's a foreign word to you. And then she's like, why should I have to try to do anything? Like I was dragged into this world. Right. Which we get like all of that stuff. And then, um, he's like, come live at the house. And she's like, stop. Like, and then she's like, stop trying to bring me into your happy little family. And now there's that part of it too. Like I definitely understand the whole, like thinking that you're too damaged to be part of like the happy little family. What, and that breaks my heart a little bit for Nesta because, like, what she doesn't realize is that everybody else in that happy little family is broken, too. Yeah. And that she would be able to be her broken self with them, you know? And, like, so, mm-hmm. like, that breaks my heart for her, too. But then he says um, to her, your sisters love you, and I can't for the life of me understand why, but they do. And if you can't be bothered to try for my happy little circle's sake, then at least try for them. And... She's like, just go home, right? And like, it's just, it's just, it's so frustrating and also just so heartbreaking because she's so, she is so lost and traumatized and Mm -hmm. stuck in her trauma and depression and everything. And then you have that whole little snippet just of her and she's like alone in her room and yeah and she, she there's can't, just like nothing like she can't she can't be in the house because the floorboards sound like bones breaking and and her right she had she watched her dad's neck be snapped right in front of her like and you know just like that she tries to have any type of response to anything and there's just like nothingness yeah. there yeah and so like that's i think that more than anything that's what breaks my heart is that like she doesn't understand that <laughs> thanks to Sarah's writing, literally everybody else in that house has had something just as traumatic happen to them and that they could help her heal if only she would let them in, which I totally understand is not easy for her. And Mm -hmm. so what does she do? She attacks them and pushes them away. Great. Mm -hmm. Um, So... What did I say I want to talk about? Second Tamlin. Oh, in the studio. Great. Oh, right. Um, fun little snippets. One of them is when they're opening the presents and Elaine buys or gets this present for Asriel and it's the headache powder and, and she, and she, she, he's like, I don't understand why you got this for me. And she's like, because you get all those, they, all the headaches they give you because you're always rubbing your temples. And then he laughs. And it's not just like a chuckle. Like, it's like a full out, like, Favor even says, like, she's never heard such a, like, a beautiful sound. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. but also, like, sneaky, funny Elaine. Like, oh, my god, I know. Elaine is sneaky. She kills, yeah. hi- like, <laughs> King of Hyburn. She... I know. I'm still not over that. I still, I'm like, Elaine? <sighs> um, I know. I know. Let's see. Other little tidbit. So she makes the cake for Feyre's birthday, <gasps> and then she has her decorate yes. it like the dresser drawers. Yes. <laughs> and that 
Pharaoh was on the bottom because she's the foundation. She's the foundation. Family. Which, we, of course, we all know. Of course she is. She kept that family alive for years. But it's just beautiful. And I just... Uh-huh. I it's agree. nice to have even just one of her sisters, like, really acknowledging that mm-hmm. she's the only reason that they're still alive. You know, like... Yeah. Ugh. That's um, very true. Let's see. Um, Do I have any other little snippets before Tamlin? Uh, not that we haven't talked about. It's like, what's in the box? Reese's mom made all of the dresses. He bought her an estate. Yeah. And then it's... Okay, Second so... visit to Tamlin. And I like this one better because he's closer to the Reese that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. But there's this the part where he goes in and now, like, before Tamlin was clearly depressed and alone and But horrific. he's, like, really broken and, like, right. realized what he had done and, and i like, think part of what this is he had played yeah and i think what part everything. of this part the second visit is is this time he has now kicked lucian out like he is literally lucian did not have to go back to him and probably shouldn't have right but like he went back he tried to mend fences the first time we hear we don't see it but the first time that lucian goes back he comes back beaten up because he goes back and Tamlin beats the shit out of him. And then he still goes back. Like, <sighs> Lucian, if the definition of insanity, yeah, the <laughs> definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Um, I don't know if that's actually the definition, but that's like a saying that the definition is that, uh-huh. but whatever. So like, but now he has successfully pushed literally everybody out of his life. Right? Like, <laughs> and he literally now has nobody. So, right? So, Reese gets to the house. He can't find him anywhere upstairs. He goes down. He finds him in the kitchen next to, like, a dead, butchered deer just bleeding all over the place. And Reese, and it's interesting because I noticed that Reese tries to do, on a different level, what he used to do with Feyre. He tries to rile Tamlin up to get mm-hmm. some sort of response out of Tamlin. Yeah. And Tamlin's too far gone. He's like, like, he's just, it's, he's gone. Right. And he says, do you think she'll ever forgive me? Like he's, and he's like, and I think this is also another step towards maybe that redemption arc is Mm -hmm. he is now, I think fully like, whereas before I think he was still justifying his actions like, right? Like, I was doing it because I thought I was protecting her. I was doing right. it because I had to get her back. I was doing it because of this. I think he's finally coming to terms with the fact that he was not doing these things for the right reason. Like, what he thought mm-hmm. was the right thing was not the right thing. And that's just heartbreaking. Like, you know, and it's and it's just... I'm... He's... I'm... I'm very intrigued to see if this goes anywhere. Me too. Um, yes. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly with everything you just said. Because, yeah, it was hard to read that. Even though, again, he's like the anti-hero or whatever. Yeah. Um. Um. So, they op- Feyre and Racina. Racina. Um, Feyre gets gifted this studio I know that she tried to pay for the family wouldn't let her it's beautiful um and then they and wanted so she, her to donate to this awesome charity to support other yes. artists and so then 
she and Racina open this studio as a place for, for other people. Yeah, for other people to bring themselves, predominantly children. I I at least assumed that maybe they would also have, like, non-children classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, predominantly for children, but as a space for that, for people to come and heal through art, which is just... Yeah. Beautiful. What made it even more beautiful for me was the response that they got. Yes. Um, when they just started like trying to target, reaching out to see if anyone would be interested Mm -hmm. in helping them, and then it just like spread like wildfire in terms of the amount of people who wanted to teach, the amount of people who wanted to participate, the amount of people who knew of someone who could really be helped by Mm -hmm. this, and yeah. What I love about it is is that I think oftentimes. We, in our current society, um, downplay the role that art has in culture and in the importance of it. Um, And um, I love that this was, you know, her helping the city heal through something that is, art is very important, you know, like... our whole podcast is based around art. Like books, mm-hmm. books are art. The TV shows that we watch are art. The movies, the the art, art like the thing that you know, the paintings, the statues, the you know, there's mm-hmm. it's everywhere, and it's just I just love that this is just sort of like helping to to pinpoint that. I think mm-hmm. I had a slightly more eloquent sentence in there, but it kind of just went away. So, sorry. <laughs> um, That's okay. So, and then I had one last little note okay. that I didn't realize the first time I read this, and I realized it this time, and I started, like, bawling. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> so, it's literally the last... I don't think I'm going to cry while I'm reading it. Side note. Okay. Um, but I realized... So, the last lines of this book... She has, like, left her first class. She's talking to Reese. They're walking through Valeris. And she says down the bond, I love you. And he says back, what's not to love? (laughs) Of course. Typical. Beautiful Reese. Yes. And then it says, before I could elbow him, Reese kissed me again, breathless and swift. To the stars who listen, Feyre. I brushed a hand over his cheek to wipe away the last of his tears. His skin warm and soft. And we turned down the street that would lead us home. Toward our f- future and all that waited within, to the dreams that are answered, Reese. She right. Those are the last lines, and I didn't realize this the last time I read it because it was so long since I had read the second book. But he doesn't mention the part that he mentioned the first time, which is to the um to the, uh, about the people looking up at the sky and wishing because he has everything that he's ever wished for. <sighs> just oh my god I finished this book this time and I lost it I was like oh he doesn't need that part anymore like oh (laughs) I did not catch that but that's beautiful I love that so okay we made it through frost and starlight next week will be our series wrap on the Feyre part of this series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, well, beyond to the new one. Woo-woo! 
<laughs> we are both very excited. And Ellen is still a little anxious, but that's fine. You guys don't need to hear about that. Um, so if you want to follow us on social media, you certainly can. We're on Twitter at uh, UPM Pod Official. We're on Instagram, Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast. And you can email us at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast at gmail.com. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Bye.